Lansing Sports Talk Leader. I don't know whether heartbreak covers it. This, this stadium, every single person in here is just sitting here slack-jawed, not comprehending what we've just seen. Welcome back to Monday Night Live here on DriveWithJack.com. There you heard the entire end of the game from the IMG Sports Network. Uh, Jim Brandstatter and Dan Deardorff on the call. On the losing side of the ledger Saturday evening in Ann Arbor at the Big House as Michigan State pulls out an epic victory on the last play of the game with 10 seconds to go. Here's a crazy stat. Michigan State never led while there was time on the clock. Because they cro- when they crossed the goal line, time had already expired. Yeah. So I was like, okay, play sixty minutes. Well, maybe not. Just it was crazy. I, uh, I, I felt bad for some of the Wolverine players because they played their hearts out, you know. And to lose like that was is I've I've been on the other end of losses like that, and you go from elation to a kick in the gut. It's just not fun. Yeah. Well, we go out to the uh, no doubt about it. It was a. Uh... It was a very interesting game. We're going to go out to Metro Detroit now and uh, on our Monday Night Live guest line talk with John Doc Macaroon. Am I pronouncing your last name right, John? Exactly right. Thanks, guys, for having me. I, I look forward to our chat. Yeah, I look forward to it. Uh, the Detroit Sports Podcast. Um, tell us about that initially uh, and, and uh, how long has that been going on and, and what is that exactly the Detroit Sports Podcast about? Yeah, it started basically because I've been a fan of sports radio my entire life. Um, around the time sports radio kicked off in, around in the metro Detroit area in 1994, I was about 15 years old, and I gravitated towards it right away. I mean, I love the banter, the live interaction with the host, taking phone calls. So I was, I've always been a fan of sports radio. And then, you know, 
I got into, you know, podcasting because, you know, this is a funny story how I got into it. I'm a nervous flyer. I need shots. I need alcohol to get on a plane because my nerves get frayed. So a couple of years back, I was on a flight to Vegas, and I'm like, how am I going to get on this plane and make it five hours on an airplane without freaking out, without, you know, making a fool of myself if I took, you know, a, a prescribed drug, as you say. Right. But I, I came across podcasts and I came across really the best one out there, the Adam Carolla podcast. And I, I really just, it, it hit me like a lightning bolt. I'm like, you know what, if I just spent a little bit of time and energy working on this and learning about podcasting, I could do it. And I wanted to focus on Detroit sports. And then I just said, you know what, if I had someone I would do it with, there'd only be one other person. And that would be my cousin, my family. His name is Adam Strozinski. And he's a guy that's you know, up and comer. He's a great journalist, and he's a strong personality. And so we started a podcast, and we learned all about it. And we we started it in September of 2013, and we've done a weekly show now for 115 straight weeks. And then in January, we took it to the next level. We started a podcast network where not only do we have my show, the Doc and Jock Show, that comes out every Thursday. We started a network of podcasts that. Um, we feature other guys and other shows, and we have five shows a week running every single week. Wow, that sounds great! You know, and you know how it is. They're doing a grind, the grind that it is. This because a lot, of, it's it's just bootstrapping broadcasting, no doubt about it. Mike and I have been doing this show uh, every Monday night since uh, February, and you know sometimes you wonder if it's worth it. But then uh, you know as you start to build things and people start paying attention, and social media certainly helped it. Um, it, it, uh, I've known about you guys for, for quite a while and, uh, congratulations on, on your success to be able to do it for, uh, you know, a couple of years now. That says a lot about your, your work ethic and your, your, uh, willingness to, you know, pound away at this genre. Yeah. And, and in the field of podcasting, what really makes it fun is we really have complete control. My cousin and I, we make the schedule, we decide when we want to go and we do it every single week. And the best part is we are uncensored unfiltered like you guys i heard you guys cussing and when you're a sports fan <laughs> when you're a sport, I, heard, I heard that now when you're a sports fan and you want to talk about you know the ups and downs of your favorite teams sometimes you don't want to be held with any restrictions and we're adam and i we're allowed to say whatever we want and anything that we want and for sure after the whole lions debacle we let out some four-letter words we screamed to the high heavens and we had no restrictions and you know Adam and I are just two guys who love Detroit sports in all facets. And so doing a podcast, if you love sports and you love broadcasting and you want to get into the business, you need to learn about podcasting. Because literally, we record on a, a Wednesday. We can have it up th later that evening. And what's great about it is we now archive our complete our, – we archive our shows. So like in radio, sometimes if you miss a great bit, sometimes you may miss it. But with us, if you find something funny, you can pause it, rewind it, relive it. And, you know, I just can't speak enough about how great podcasting is and what it's done for Adam and I. It's just a, a great thing, and I'm so happy that you guys gave me a chance to talk about it. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. We're speaking with John Doc Macaroon of the DetroitSportsPodcast.com. And uh, it says here, I'm looking at your uh, your bio here on the website, uh, John. It uh, He graduated from Michigan State in uh, 2001, huh? I'm a Sparty diehard. I know, you know, you guys can't play that clip enough of Jim Brandt. <laughs> oh, man, Michigan deserved it. A hundred thousand people all devastated. A few diehard Spartys who made the trip. You of them deserve to lose in that fashion. I was celebrating. 
drinking, having the best time on earth. There is no other way. I mean, every fan deserves. Were you to there have at the game, game, or where'd you watch? You no, know, I was. I was at a pro U of M house with my green and white, and in, in that house. People love to rib me and, you know, tease me about, oh, Harbaugh's here and your reign is over. So I was quiet, relaxed, and I was going with the flow. And I literally was in shock, guys. Everyone in the house started screaming. And I literally, in my mind, it didn't register that we could win the game. I was just screaming, get down, get down, so we can kick the field goal. So I, it didn't <laughs> register in my brain the shock that we could actually take the ball and go into the end zone. And I was screaming to the high heavens, and, and there's no other better feeling than being the only guy in the house screaming and having a good time, and everyone else is shocked. Well, Doug, it was the best. It was the best. For the record, Doug, while Doc was talking about that, Wendy was still smiling, but Matt kind of had a scowl yeah, on his face. Yeah, I, I can see Matt over here. <laughs> Matt still morning. Yeah, Matt, Matt's on the opposite side of the ledger. He was a little upset by the end of that game. I, I still say go oh, blue, and I'm sorry. still proud to be a Wolverine. <laughs> Just be careful, Doc. He's six seven, three hundred pounds. <laughs> oh, I won't hurt him. He's, he sounds like he's I cool. I work in my Michigan shirt. Shirt. There you go. I got all kinds of comments, but that's okay. You're diehard. That's important. So, uh, John, uh, did, uh, how was work today when you when you went to work? Uh, do you work with a lot of uh, you know got a mix of uh, fans uh, from both sides of of that rivalry, or how how does your daily life go with uh, you being a Spartan grad? Do you work around a lot of those folks, or how does that no. go? Now, here's the blessing. Uh, I'm, uh, outside of podcasting, I'm a sports fanatic, but I'm a full-time psychologist. So I just have one secretary, and she's, um, when I saw that she was a Sparty, she kind of uh, raised uh, her profile. And, um, you know. That helped get her the job. That helped keep the job. So, you know, you keep it in, keep it in the family, and uh, she's a Sparty, and she's a, she's a good lady. And uh, it, it, made it, it made for one of the best Mondays I've ever had. <laughs> so uh you know I see that now here you got a master's degree in psychology from uh U of D Mercy um and I, it's a very that's an interesting line of work when you're talking about sports and sports rivalries and and sometimes when you see like like the people who got mad at the the punter um uh, because he he dropped the punt and they're you know giving him the death threats and all that kind of stuff I you know uh, psych, psychologically these kind of rivalries they affect people obviously in different ways right Oh, yeah. You know, um, I'm not a Walmart Wolverine, and thank gosh I'm not. I actually attended <laughs> Michigan State, and I'm a, a diehard fan because I was there and celebrated the NCAA tournament um, when the Spartans won. I lived it. I enjoyed my four years of college, and it was no – I could not describe that experience. I really wish everybody could get a chance to experience that. And so you, you develop – a strong sense of community with your school. And Sparty fans and the University of Michigan fans, we have a great rivalry. And sometimes it can cross the line a little bit. And I understand that. Listen, sports is about passion. And hopefully I can come across how passionate I am about sports and how much I love it. But when you go and you threaten you know, someone on social media, that's taking it way over the line. Now, you can definitely rip someone. You can tease them about the loss. You can definitely point out you know, punter, punter, and send out tweets. But to send out messages directly to someone, that's a little bit over the line, and uh, that, that's when t- that's when people take it too far. I had a question for you. i am only been up here nine years, so I have to ask you, and I've heard the term a lot, what exactly is a Walmart Wolverine? Does that mean you, you, you shop at Walmart and that's a bad thing, or...? No, listen, the term Walmart Wolverine stems from the fact that a lot of fans – from of the University of Michigan never actually went there, and Spartan fans and uh, people across the country who kind of want to diss Michigan a little bit kind of indicate that fans 
of the Wolverines in the metro Detroit area kind of look like they maybe shop at Walmart. They kind of look like they have an IQ of someone who might work there. So the term Walmart Wolverine means someone that did not actually go to the University of Michigan but actually cheers for them. And, and Michigan in, in this side of town leads that, you know, all the coverage, all the media here on the, in Detroit, in Metro Detroit, is all about the Wolverines. You know, if Jim Harbaugh got sick, we knew about it. If Jim Harbaugh traveled, we knew about it. You know, even after this game, even after we, we won the game in that fashion, the narrative is still, State got lucky. When you looked at it, Connor Cook played well. The defense played great. We outgained Michigan in yardage. But the narrative is always going to be, as long as Harbaugh's here, Oh, the great Messiah Jim Harbaugh is here at the University of Michigan. Well, now, <laughs> does that mean if you, uh, you root for MSU but you didn't go there, you're a Walmart Spartan? You know, I don't think there's anybody that actually roots for MSU that didn't go there. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I know like brother. 30 of them. <laughs> That's good. I know quite a That's few. Good. You know, I think those the, more, the, the legions are growing of, of that that group of people. Actually, I think with the success. I guess it makes me a Walmart Longhorn too because my first love is University of Texas and. I've now, never went to campus. Is, it, is, is Walmart the big store in Texas, or is oh, it something course. different? Is it okay? Yeah, there's no, there's not like, there's not like an you can buy guns at Walmart in Texas. So well, like, you know, like <laughs> up here you got, you got Meyer and everything for supermarkets, but down south and and not not I don't think in Texas, but you have Piggly Wigglies and stuff like that. So there's no. Well, you have you have big grocery store chains too, but Walmart right. is quite prevalent in Texas. Tree <laughs> <laughs> Walmart bathroom fixtures right. before you moved here. <laughs> hey, uh, John, you know, speaking of psychology. Um, it says here, too, as well, that, that uh, for uh, a while, anyway, you were a Lions season ticket holder during the Matt Millen era. Uh, how long did you do that? Where do you get your Lions uh, jerseys? <laughs> okay, let's bring the, the chat to a halt here. Oh, the Lions. Okay, let me tell you my, my love affair with the Lions. I was a longtime football fan, and I, I grew up watching the Lions. I was thrilled in 1991 when they got all the way to the conference finals but got destroyed by Washington. But, you know, when, when, when the new Ford Field was built, I was, me and a buddy were like, you know what, let's do this. Let's put some money down. Let's go to the games. Let's do the tailgating each and every week. And we had fun tailgating. But the in-game experience during the Millen area – during the Millen era was a nightmare, a complete disaster. Every time we go to the game, it was a comedy of errors. I mean, turnovers, blowouts. Yeah. I mean, literally, I could count on my hand probably how many times we actually won the game. And so for the better part of six, seven years, we got, you know, our tails kicked in between our legs. And we, we would enjoy the tailgate, but going to the game was just a nightmare. So after a while, we said, you know what, they extended this bomb. How can we even consider putting more money into the Lions organization? They're a shitty team. They're probably going to be that way for quite a while. So let's just enjoy the, the games at the bars or at our homes. We couldn't support the team financially anymore. And since then, since Millen was fired, not one penny has come out of my pocket for the Lions. I watch them. I cheer for them with my whole heart. But my motto is, I, um, my motto for them is, I hope they win, but I really will never believe they'll win. <laughs> We have a question for yeah, one of our yeah. guests. Oh, I was just wondering where you got your Lions jerseys from. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, I would go to the, the the shop before the games and you know online and uh, from our great sponsors and things like that. I pick up stuff, but uh, so not you know, Walmart. No, not at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> or speaking, go ahead, go ahead, John. I've never actually heard. I I sometimes call people Walmart Wolverines, and I live with a walmart wolverine who didn't graduate so john i resonate with you in your term as a sparty myself 
Um, but I think that also there are people who are can be true to the sport and still enjoy it. It just always seems they're maybe a little more passionate than a Walmart Spartan, per se. Uh, that seems to be the trend, and I think that's why that trend exists. There's a lot of great memes that exist on the Internet about true, Walmart. True, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, John, do you sense that the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry, uh, at least since Mark D'Antonio's arrival in East Lansing, has really started to ramp up. Uh, to me, it seems that way because it's uh, for so long, uh, for the most part, with the exception of a few years of George Perlis, and and then of course you got way way back to the 1960s. But it's been a one-sided rivalry for much of our lives. And now with D'Antonio here in East Lansing, that has changed. And uh, winners now of seven of the last eight. And with Jim Harbaugh's arrival in Ann Arbor, as we talked about at the beginning of the segment, uh, I foresee this rivalry. The game like we saw Saturday. I'm I'm hoping to see these guys here for a long time in this type of a game every year for our, you know the next decade. Yeah, guys, and not only did the fans in Michigan enjoy the game, it was the highest rated October football game on ESPN ever. So the entire nation got to see what Spartan and and what Spartan and, Wolver- and Wolverine football look like. Everyone won in that game. It was a great game from start to finish. I mean, every yeah, exactly. To your point, Mark D'Antonio really brought in. A strong defense, a solid running game, great quarterbacks, and guys that have NFL potential. And once he got here, he brought a cachet and an attitude with him that nobody had ever seen before. you got to remember, it was really tough when we were getting our teeth kicked in by the Wolverines year after year. And it felt like the program was getting crushed by the weight of the Michigan program with all the support nationally and locally. And he came in, and you know, you know who I'm thankful for? I'm thankful every day for Mike Hart and his stupid-ass comments because once those words <laughs> left his mouth, once those stupid-ass comments left his mouth, it ended right then and there. Uh, Mark D'Antonio grasped that, and he really has used that little brother comment as a rallying cry for the Spartan program. He, he's a master at taking anything, anything at all, and using it to motivate to motivate the players and, and the whole program. He really has built a solid, solid football program there at Michigan State that we can be proud of. No, and uh, I tell my cousin all the time, right. we're basically playing Michigan football over there at State. Strong defense, strong running games, and a and great solid quarterback. It's beautiful. Now, you heard that Mike Hart, oh, 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 it was like last Friday, there was an article I think in the Detroit News saying that he regretted those comments and it was, you know, being 21 years old and then, He's, uh, he, you know, he wishes that would all be put behind him, and he regrets saying that. Did you see that article? Yeah, I saw it. You know what? I'm of the opinion. You know what? He definitely should have said it because what really he did was he really kind of brought the Michigan State Spartans from the ashes and has really, you know, really put a lightning rod into the program. I mean, really, all Mark D'Antonio has to do every year is replay those comments, replay Michigan spiking, you know, the stake in, in our in our stadium. All Mark D'Antonio has to do is just kind of pick and choose a couple little things that the the players and previous coaches have done at Michigan, and we, we have motivation. I mean, literally, what, why Spartan fans are so angry all the time with Michigan fans is they're so arrogant. They always like to bring up the fact that it's the winningest program, all this and all that. They've won national titles. But in the end, this is the, this is the present, baby, and we've won – We've won games, and now we've won in the most classic fashion possible. So the tide has turned, and Michigan State just going to continue to roll and bring in great players. And for everybody that's watching, stay tuned. I mean, the, the game next year is going to be great. Each and every game in, in this rivalry, as long as Harbaugh and D'Antonio stay, 
going to be all good. You can't miss these games. So what happens next year if, if Michigan uh, wins? Is that, are you going to be like finding the nearest ledge, or how will you react to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'm a guy that will just get on the air and just drop a bunch of F-bombs and be like, shit, we, you know, you know it's, it's, it's a tough day. But I think so Matt's going to call his podcast next year. Yeah, John, um, obviously, uh, you know, we, uh, the big game this weekend was Michigan-Michigan State, and, of course, people are excited about the Lions now finally winning a game and looking like a real football team uh, yesterday, at least offensively, against uh, a suspect Chicago Bears squad. Uh, I want to talk to you about, um, you know, the news out of Detroit today about uh, the um, the pitcher, the name escapes me now. I Daniel know. Norris. Yeah, Daniel Norris, uh, you know, coming out and, and saying that uh, he had been diagnosed with thyroid cancer last May and decided to play through with well, the advice of his doctors, play through the season. And he pitched very well, first for Toronto and then came over in the David Price trade. Um, what, when you heard that news today, what went through your mind and, and what are your, what's your opinion of the of uh, Daniel Norris and, and uh, you know that, that trade now? Because the Tigers and, the, Twin, and uh, the Blue Jays both admitted that they knew that he was sick when that trade was made. Yeah, exactly. You you hit the nail right on the head. It was really kind of shocking that you know the Tigers would give up David Price for somebody who potentially could be ill. And that just goes to show what maybe Al Avila saw in the guy that maybe he knew that he was a warrior, that this is a guy that could battle through such a tough condition. When I heard the news, I was just completely shocked. One, because he kind of you know, let it out there and posted it on his social media platform, on his Twitter page. And, you know, he kind of said he didn't really know how to kind of tell people this kind of story. But I do think that, you know, people react to tough news in, in different ways. And if he feels like he needs, you know, the support of a lot of people, if he feels like, you know what, he needs to, you know, get his message out and let people know, hey, I'm going to be okay, then all power to him. All you can do is say, is say, you know what, to, and to people who are ill is to pray for them and wish them the best. And hope, and really, really, it, it just it goes to show when the human spirit is tested, how people can rise up and really do extraordinary things. I know you had, um, I was listening earlier, Jill on, and she was sharing her story about cancer, and that hits home to me, and that my mother battled cancer back in, two, uh, battled breast cancer back in 2001. And I never learned a greater lesson than seeing her battle it and defeat it and go through treatment and go to work still. My mother didn't take any time off. She battled it with grace, elegance, and she really taught me that, you know what, Life's going to throw you some curveballs. You just got to, you know, rise up, be strong, and uh, live, live your life as, as best as possible. And for Daniel Norris, I hope that he gets the right treatment and uh, he can be the pitcher that we, we need because we gave up we gave up a lot for him. Yeah, no question. Uh, Jill's here too, by the way, so you say hi. Jill. Hello. Jill, uh, thank you for your story. It really was uplifting, and uh, I continued success. I'll be praying for you. Thank you very much. Uh, anybody have any? Uh, you know, I want to ask you about podcasting in general. I mean, you kind of j- dove in like I did a number of years ago. It just it's kind of the wild west with this whole genre. Um, and you talk about Adam Carolla; he's probably the most successful, or at least the top three or four people doing it today. Um, and I, you know, he had a much higher profile than than uh, than a lot of people who dove into this 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 uh, broadcasting medium, but. Where do you see the future of this in the next uh, 10 years or so, not only locally, maybe here in Michigan, but but on a national level as well? Well, that's a great question. Um, 
one that a lot of people are asking because a lot of people are, think, are thinking potentially podcasting could be the future of radio. I really think that there's going to be more of a symbiotic relationship between podcasting and radio. I see radio taking more of the model of podcasting in terms of you know having longer segments, having fewer commercials, hopefully, and um, having more of a, a symbiotic relationship. But what I see for podcasting really right now, a lot of people are doing it, but a lot of people aren't putting in the time in order to learn. Like, I literally spent a year podcasting and learning about how to put stuff on the Internet, how to have a quality broadcast. So if you're thinking, if, if there's a listener out there who wants to podcast, take your time and really research the information out there on how to do a good podcast. All you have to do is go down the list of the top charts on iTunes or listen to some great podcasts that you enjoy and really dig in and understand what is it that is making this podcast successful. Because nobody wants to listen to someone in their basement with their cat screeching in the background or their wives hollering. You really want to do a No, quality. nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. But there's so many. There are literally, guys, there are so many podcasts that are completely shitty that you're like, wow, why is this person doing this? Are they doing it for their own entertainment? You really should, really, if you want a podcast, do it in a way that is professional. People want to listen to nice conversations. They want to listen to great guests. So take your time, research it, and really put out a great product. And then that's, that's a way you can build your following, and that way you can. And also, when you podcast, try to niche it down to something that you're passionate about. Like I started um, way back five years ago, and I did one just talking about psychology and talking about myself and things like that. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something where I could maybe create a network out of it because my passion outside of psychology and family is sports. And I knew that I could, you, I could turn on the mic and, and talk for four or five hours about sports nonstop. So I said, okay, that's what I'm going to podcast about. And I took my time and I researched it and I learned from the best. And I really feel like it comes through on our podcast and on our network because we built such a big following on social media and a lot of people listen every week. You got another question, Mike, at all? Nope, I'm good. I was enjoying it. We need to get out of Detroit and hang out with Doc, man. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah we could do a, a joint uh, podcast somehow. I, oh, that'd what? be sweet. We we use, uh, I guess we'll get a little technical here if you don't mind for just a minute. We use Spreaker for our podcast. It's got something I just kind of stumbled onto. An old radio friend of mine who since passed away, uh, Mike Holder, turned me on to uh, this, this medium called Spreaker. That's what we use to do our show. Um, how do you guys, do you stream your show live, or do you just always do the pre-recorded stuff? Uh, no, we don't do it live. Um, sometimes Adam and I could, uh, you know, we like to take breaks sometimes. Sure. But what we do is we digitally we digitally record it each and every uh, Wednesday, and then we spend like maybe 20, 30 minutes afterwards just uh, uh, amplifying the sound a little bit, making sure the sound quality is perfect, and then it comes out the next day on Thursday. So while we sacrifice the live quality part of of the podcast, we really, really wanted to make it a nice quality production. And so I spent a little time learning about editing and digital editing and digital recording and all that. So we just want to make sure that it sounds great and that the content can be listened to and enjoyed on all the platforms. So we just take that little extra time to edit it and uh, put it out there week after week. So we're looking probably into doing it live, but uh, we haven't done it just yet. No, no problem. Uh, last thing that uh, let people know where they can find you on Twitter and Facebook and also on your website if they're interested in uh, checking out your show. Yeah, you can find me. I tweet a lot on uh, social media, on Twitter, at Detroit Podcast. Um, uh, during all the games, you can, you can find me bantering with the fans and uh, getting into some hot debates and uh, you know really expressing whatever's coming out of my 
in my mind regarding the sports. Our podcast, if you're listening and you want to enjoy the shows on the network, you can go to DetroitSportsPodcast.com. That's Detroit Sports with an S podcast.com and we have like i said five to six weekly shows all different types um we have a countdown show where we rank the top stories in detroit for the week we have interview shows where we talk to the local personalities the play-by-play voices we got strong opinionated shows i really i really wish and i hope that people listen to this and really download and listen to our podcast because you know adam straczynski jason jarvie vito Cherko, jerome they do a great job. Vinny Stubbs, they, the team there is great. They love podcasting, and they love talking about Detroit sports. And I love, to, I love being able to work with them and my cousin, Adam Straczynski, to put out and talk about Detroit sports on our terms. There's no rules. There's nobody over my shoulder telling me nothing. I can do and say whatever I want, whenever I want. And I, I'm, I'm loving the fact of also giving people opportunities who, who want to be professional broadcasters to get out there and, and, and to do it. And, I absolutely love it. I love podcasting. I can't speak enough about it, and I'm thankful I got a chance to talk about it. Well, I appreciate it, John. Thanks a lot, and I look forward to uh, keeping in touch with you and checking out the podcast and uh, having you on as a guest uh, sometime again real soon. And, um, you know, the Lions, uh, no team in NFL history has ever made the playoffs after starting 0-5, so I don't know. I mean, And it won't uh, happen this year. Probably not, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this team. It's amazing how – how well they played yesterday after uh, hearing for the last couple of weeks about everybody's on the hot seat and Matt Stafford getting benched. So maybe this will uh, continue to, to move them in the, the right direction and get another win this weekend uh, against Minnesota at Ford Field. We'll see. Thank you for having me on. If, listen, if you're a Lions fan, everything that you just said, toss it out the window. They could come out next week and get their ass handed to them. It's the Lions, man. Oh, I know, the yeah. Lions. No, no. It's, it's the Lions. I know. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to trying to stay Doug's positive. You know, you know, just uh, we'll see. I mean, they've they've never had back to back winning seasons in their history either. Back to back double digit winning seasons in their history either. So, you know, I, I was I was seeing nine and seven at best uh, in the summertime, and you know, obviously they're they're not going to get anywhere near that this year. But uh, thanks a lot, John. I appreciate your time, and we'll keep in touch. Anytime, any place you want to talk sports or podcasting. Find me. I'm more than willing to talk. I thank you for the time. It was great. I enjoy your show. Thanks, man. Take care. Take care. Have a great night. All right, we'll take another break here. Already 90 minutes into the show here on I'm ready for some news of the weird. Yeah, we got to come back with everybody's favorite portion of the program, news of the weird. That is up next. You're listening to Monday Night Live on drivewithjack.com. As always, we are presented by East Lansing Auto Pros. We will be right back after this.